The message you are listening to is recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2019 Campus Outreach New Year's Conference. More information about Campus Outreach New Year's Conference can be found at conycnd.com. What's up, everybody? You're here. Um, this is the... Uh, um, man, people are crazy or something like that title. I don't know what that... Uh, what's it say? Man, these people are crazy. I don't know. Um, my... my I am not Travis, as I said. My name is Josh. Um, yeah, you can go ahead and shut the door if they come in late. They come in. Um, and but I'm glad you're here. Uh, I found out around I don't know four days ago that I was going to be getting the opportunity to be here with y'all. Uh, my wife had the flu at the time, and so that's why she's actually not up here with me right now. Um, I'm hoping she can come in towards the back for some Q and A. I wish she was here. I would actually like to sit on the front row and let her teach about conflict because she's actually a much gifted, a much more gifted teacher than I am. But in God's good providences, he's got me and you together. So, um, And I do think that, I do uniquely think that God's got some, something special and unique for us today because, I mean, what are the chances that uh, Travis and Emily had their first baby, uh, not their first baby, the first baby boy, a uh, little, uh, what's his name? Something Curtis. Jack Curtis. <laughs> Um, and double name and uh, like he, they're not due until I think maybe the 6th of January or something but anyway baby's great they're doing great well then um, to be totally honest with you I thought this was a I told them a long time ago I'd be their backup me and my wife would and my wife and I thought they were speaking about walking with God through pain and suffering um and we were like, man, we did that a couple years ago. We've actually been through a lot of that this year. Um, we would be vulnerable and we wanted to speak about that, no problem. And so when I found out the baby had come, actually, you are going to speak. And he, and he said, do you want me to even send you my notes? I was like, uh, maybe just in case there's a thought you had that I hadn't thought about. So I go and look at his notes, and it's not about walking with God through pain and suffering. It's about all the stuff that I... Um, I actually ended up not really looking at his notes, um, just to, uh, in light of it not being the same. <laughs> not that they weren't good. I'm sure they're really good, Travis, if you listen to this sometime. Um, but uh, anyway, so, but that's why I say I really think that God's got something unique and special for you. Well, I mean, and me, you know, like I wasn't planning on being here and doing this, and you were most likely going to be listening to Travis Zimbley and just there hear some incredible stuff. But God has a different direction for you and me today. So I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, what I'd love for you to do, come on in. We're talking about conflict. Come on in here. Um, what I'd love for you to do is I want you to close your eyes. All right? Yes, this is that awkward talk you're at where the guy says, close your eyes. You know? um, close your eyes. Um, hey, don't put that pie in her face. Don't do it. I'm just kidding. There's no pie. Um, close your eyes. You ready? Think about in your mind right now the people that you love. I want to the top three or four people you love. I mean, would be would die for in your life, right? Can you picture them? Can you picture their faces, their smiling faces, their laugh, their the joy that you have when you're with those few people that you love, right? I mean, you love more, but yeah, these these are the top three, four maybe. All right. Now I want you to tell me, you don't really tell me this, but in every one of those relationships, that I mean, you love them so much. In every one of those relationships, you've had conflict. Right? There's, whether it's been internal conflict where you are frustrated with it, you can open your eyes. Thank you. Whether it's internal conflict you've had with that person that maybe you didn't verbally express. Or, and I would say and, not even or, there's definitely been actual conflict that you've experienced with these people that you love them. I mean, when you thought about them, you weren't thinking about the conflict. You were thinking about, man, oh, oh my, I remember that moment. Or, how, oh, they make me laugh. And that's so fun. But you love those people so much. But you know what? Every one of those people you've had conflict with. And if you say you haven't, I'd love to talk to you afterwards. And I'll prove you wrong. I'll bring up mirror. I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll try to prove you wrong. But I think you all would say, man, I have. I've had conflict with those people. And so, you know, why is that? Why is it that you can so love someone 
and care for them, but yet you can also know, man, I've had some of the most difficult conflict in my life, maybe with that person around different things. Um, and I think it's because um, one of the most clearest ways we actually show love in our relationships is that we are willing to work through difficult things with those people, right? We're willing to, when, when, the, when the end of the day, we fight for those relationships. Even when there's going to be conflict, we move towards them and we, or we at least open up a dialogue with them to try to address it because we love them, right? But maybe they've done that towards you. Maybe you haven't been the one who's actually been willing to work through the conflict, but, the, but you, they loved you so much, they moved towards you and addressed whatever was going on to help work out that frustration, that difficulty. That, and, and what in the end, what the result was a deeper love and appreciation for one another. Today, we're going to spend a little bit of time looking at this idea of, man, relational conflict and authentic relationships, right? We, you guys are a generation who, man, I love this about your generation. Authenticity matters. Authenticity matters. You can smell from a mile away when it's not real, right? Both, I mean, how many of you, you know, the commercials probably come across so dumb to you sometimes because it's like, that is just... That is not real, you know. Um, or maybe it, there's a lot of different ways, you, but I don't have to go into all that. But I think there's just something about you long for real, authentic relationships. And I think, and I hope what I present to you today is that that will come with a willingness to move towards and have um, relational conflict at times if you're going to have real, genuine, authentic relationships, okay? Um, so it's not a matter of a question of when will you have conflict or will you have conflict with another person. It's a matter of how you'll handle it. There will be conflict. And there's, I'm going to give two real quick reasons, and then I'm going to pray for our time as we're going to look at a passage together to, from Jesus' ministry and, what, and his teaching on the Sermon on the Mount to kind of bring this out. But... One, two thoughts. There's two reasons I think there's, there's, there's going to be conflict. One, um, just a very obvious, even what um, Mac talked about maybe yesterday, is just this nature of sin, right? Um, so that just, man, there, we have a sin nature. And so our relationship with God was broken because of sin. And our relationship with one another was broken. Um, so from the point of Genesis 3, where sin entered the world, if you go just, if I were to ask you what text in the Bible teaches about relational conflict, you might be like, oh, I don't know. Let me think. Is there, there's probably some in there. But if you were to stop and really think, almost all the text of the Bible teaches about relational conflict, right? When sin entered the world, you just begin from Genesis 3, and you just walk through the Bible and what you see is again and again conflict among humanity. From Cain killing his brother, from the whole world, the flood coming, from Joseph's brother selling him into slavery. From, I mean, you just go through, like, from people coming in, the Babylonians coming over and taking over Israel. Like, um, everywhere you go, you get into the New Testament, you see the same thing. Rome, the Jewish, the Jewish leaders. Uh, the Gentiles, all this conflict going on. You get to the church, right? Almost every letter from Paul, from Peter, addresses trying to help the church understand how to relate to one another in light of what God has done through Christ. So you don't necessarily, you don't necessarily have a few relational context, uh, texts around conflict. Man, it's all over the scriptures. So one is just this idea of the sin nature and how it does affect our relationships, one with God and one with each other. Um, and then specifically, a certain sin I want to focus on, too, is just um, pride. Pride has really does a number on our relationships. If you're like me, 
what you are yet. It's, I believe so. Awesome. Aaron Rogers here, guys. Thank you, Aaron. Um, I believe so. Oh, I believe so. <laughs> Repeating myself about the recorder. There we go. Um, I am a robot. Let me keep going. All right, here we go. Sorry. I make lots of little jokes throughout, so you have to excuse me. Um, going back to pride, specific sin. If you're like me, which you are, you see the world through a certain lens of how things should be. And if everyone else could see the world through your lens, they would get it right. Right? If, no, if you could just see from my perspective, then we wouldn't be having this issue right now. The issue really, your lens is off. My lens is dead on. You know? Um, and there's just a sense, a spirit of pride that we struggle with as human beings. It's connected to the ultimate sin in the garden that Adam and Eve ultimately fell to. Disbelief of God and a pride that they um, knew better than God. So those are the two reasons. And I, and I think we're going to look at today, what do we do about it? You know, for you and I, the, the relationship with God and with one another, let me tell you what. The good news has come. Jesus has dealt with the broken relationship with God, and he has dealt with our relationship, broken relationship with one another. He has brought peace through his death, his life, his death, and his resurrection so that now you and I have peace with God, and we can grow in a relationship with him, and he, he brought peace to relationships with one another. So there is hope, but like I said, still, even after Christ's resurrection, even after the Holy Spirit comes and begins to literally dwell among believers in their hearts, all these letters of the New Testament are dealing with trying to help Christians learn how to relate to one another and how to relate to the culture around them. And so I think today what I hope is to bring out some things, some principles from a passage to help us learn how. To relate with one another. That's going to be the focus um, of our time today. So let me pray. Lord, thanks so much for being here with us. And I pray your word would um, would fall on ears that hear. Um, I pray that you would help. Um, I pray your spirit would bless me and these students with your word to better understand what it means um, to have authentic relationships with other Christians. And how to really um, see uh, conflict as a part of this side of heaven. And how it can be used to help us love one another and care for one another in a way that um, the enemy would want us not to do. So God, moving this time, I pray. My God, I'm so thankful for these men and women. They're here at a conference to better understand you and grow in a relationship with you. God, please meet them. Help them, Lord, with conflict in their life. It's in Christ's name I pray, amen. All right, so if you've got your Bible, um, you can open it up to Matthew 7, 1 through 6. We're going to mainly just use this one text um, for our time together today, and then I'm going to give a few other verses you can write down you can look up later. I might read a few of them too here and there, but this is going to be the passage we're going to mainly look at. Matthew 7, 1 through 6. This is from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. From Matthew 5 through Matthew 7, Jesus is kind of gets these people to sit down, his disciples and a lot of other people are kind of gathered together. And he begins to just teach about the kingdom of God. And this is one of his longest recording kind of sermons um, in the scriptures. And so we're just kind of taking a little section of it uh, from Matthew 7, 1 through 6. And let me read this to us. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use it, it will be measured to you. Why do you see the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that's in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, 
Let me take the speck out of your eye when there's a log in your own eye. You hypocrite. First, take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. So here's the, the main text we're looking at here. Now, when you read verses 1 and 2, how many of you think Jesus is teaching, hey, don't confront other believers? Is that what Jesus is teaching there when he says, judge not others? It's a trick question. Don't, don't answer. It's not. Uh, look at look at Luke. If you can just listen to this pastor. You can go look at it. Luke 17, 3 through 4. Um, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. So this is same Jesus, same book of the Bible, explaining his teaching, okay? And so I want to just, what we see in this passage here is not that Jesus is saying um, we should never confront another believer about a sin in their life. How many times have you heard someone quote this passage to you? Usually they're probably a non-Christian, but sometimes even Christians, and say, hey, who are you to judge me? When you go to them and try to talk to them about an issue maybe going on in their life. Jesus said, judge not, lest you be judged. Who are you? Why are you coming to me and saying something to me about something in my life, right? Um, and this is a warning from Jesus, by the way. But he's not saying not to confront one another. Um, it's actually very important. It's actually a very biblical teaching in the scriptures about how the body of Christ, Christians, are meant to really sharpen, come alongside, like help one another walk with God, right? Help one another grow in their faith. Listen to this passage in Galatians 6, 1 through 2. You can write it down or you can turn if you want to, but I'm going to read it to you. This is Paul's writing. I did a study through Galatians with these seven seniors uh, at center last year. It took us a whole year to go through the book of Galatians. I think it's six chapters. Only, yeah, we're in chapter 6. I hope there's six chapters, right? Um, here we are. This verse says this. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So here's Paul clearly teaching the church in Galatia how to address someone who is transgressing against God. He says, you who are spiritual. That, what that's talking about there is that you are listening and walking in communion with God. You submit yourself to God's word. You walk and you prayerfully approach someone. We're going to get to that here in a second. Just the, the way, how do we walk and work through conflict with one another? But but even right before this is Galatians 5, is the fruit of the Spirit. Right before this, and he says, how do you walk in step with the Spirit? It's teaching about the Christian life. And right from walking in the Spirit, you have this text of helping other believers move towards other believers if they are in a caught, and they use the language caught in a transgression. Um, often... Sin is deceiving, and we can be deceived and not know that we have been caught in something that is hindering our walk with God. You can file that away for free. That's not really what we're talking about today, but you can file that away for free. Um, I hope to give you lots of free little nuggets like that. So, um, But the main point, the first point I want to make is authentic Christians' relationships, they will involve conflict. Authentic Christian relationships will involve conflict unless you're in a relationship with a Christian who is sinless. Is anyone in a relationship with a Christian, like a friendship? Well, I'm, just, I'm just talking general relationship here when I use the word relationship. 
Do you have any sinless friendships? I don't. I'm the, actually, most people I know, I'm the furthest, I'm the, I'm the other end most of the time. They're, they're way more holier than I am. Um, so, but the authentic Christian communities will involve conflict. How many times have people who don't know God or don't know Christ, they, they, they're actually turned off by Christians or Christian community because there's problems in there? Pretty often, right? Maybe you're personally saying I'm turned off, you know. Yeah. Man, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Um, there is just sense that, man, we should not be surprised that there is conflict among the body of Christ at times. And when I talk about the word conflict, I'm speaking in light of the, the sense of we're sinners. And there's things that in times we need other believers to call us back to who, in line with who we truly are. We'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. But I, I think this first, this text is addressing, Jesus is trying to teach what it looks like for brothers and sisters in Christ to work through Conflict in the community of God. So he says, Judge not, lest you, not that you be judged, for with the judgment you announce, pronounce, sorry, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And then he explains, okay, if you're not going to come to someone in judgment, because the way you approach them and the way you judge them, man, that'll be the same way to be used upon you. He says, but instead, instead, he gives us this example of speck and log. Okay? Um, he's using an, an analogy to help us understand a truth he's trying to teach us. And he says to us, you, this one you're very familiar with, this passage I would think. Why do you seek the speck that's in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? He's saying, this is the second point. When you have conflicts with someone, you, your first thing you should think to do is to pause and examine yourself. Right? The first thing I want to do is vent to someone else about this person that's driving me crazy and what all their problem is. And if they could just get their stuff figured out with this, that, and that, and it's all about their issue, right? But what Jesus is teaching us here is actually, man, we should always always, always begin with man, what is rising up in me that I am so frustrated with this person that I feel I want to distance myself from them. I want to, I think they've done something that needs to, justice to come down on them for. And he's saying, hey, the way we should relate to one another when things like this arise is first to examine ourselves. And he kind of even clearly puts it that the, he uses the log versus a speck. And like, hey, you may be the biggest issue, you know. You, you're worried about their speck before, and maybe the way you're worried about it is not in a way that you actually are humble and are caring and are concerned. It's more of how you are frustrated and how it's affected your life, Right? So Jesus is teaching us here this kind of the second thing about, first thing about conflict is it will happen. The second thing is when it happens, we should first start and examine ourselves. Why is there conflict arising with me and this person? What's going on? Um, I just want to say, I, I think the conflict that we have with one another among believers um, I think it it should be ultimately when we confront someone and are trying to work through an issue it should be out of humility and out of love for that person um, and I think that's why it's, Jesus is teaching us first to examine ourselves so that it can kind of help us get over this maybe, maybe it's a self-righteous response and we're going to talk about this a little bit but maybe our response to the conflict we're having with someone is 
maybe we're being self-righteous and think we're, I'm above that, that could ever happen to me. Um, or and that, and just a, a, a position of pride versus one that, man, I love this person. And I don't know why this conflict is arising, but I want to look and see, have I brought something to the table that caused this? And be willing to go there. Um, and then kind of the third thing here in this text. So you got, there is going to be conflict. When there comes, you should first think, I need to examine my own heart. And then third um, is you need to be wise in addressing relational conflict. Um, and here's why I say that. Um, I say it because of the text here. He says, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Now, as I've studied this and read this, the context to me here, oftentimes I've heard this verse in the context of, hey, just don't share the gospel with anyone, you know. Um, they may just disregard it. But what makes more sense to me in light of the context here is that you should be very wise in who you, you humble yourself and go to seek restoration with. Um, and I'm going to give you some more clarity because that's kind of confusing, right? I feel like that's a little confusing. What do you mean, Josh? I should maybe, Jesus says to take my own log out of my eye before I address the speck in their eye. But he also, I think, is giving a warning here uh, of some among you um, may not really be among you. And when you go and you humble yourself and share the log in your own eye to help them, they may just turn it on you and actually use it as leverage against you and to hurt you. Now, here's what I would say to that. I'm going to read it because I want to say it, make sure I say what I said when I, when I, as I prepared. Um, if they're not believers, oh, I was going to say, there's always risk of heartache and pain when you enter a relationship on this side of heaven. All right? Um, even Jesus gives a warning here to be wise in who you seek to work out conflict with. If they are not a believer, or if they're very at a very unhealthy place in their walk with God, you should approach with wisdom. Someone may not be ready to um, work through an issue with you, right? You've examined yourself, and you're ready to go to them, and you go to them, and they're not ready. I'll give an example in a second, I promise. Or... Um, so you need to consider the timing of when you seek to restoration. Because all conflict should be a point of trying to seek restoration. Um, someone might only use you, uh, you know, you owning up to your part to ultimately manipulate and hurt you. Some of that's happened to you before. Um, you should, and here's what, you may be saying, well, what do I do, Josh? How do I discern when I should go to someone or when I should not? And my, my, and the, the counsel of the scriptures would be, you should have a spiritual mentor that's not a peer that you can go to and seek counsel and process with in light of anything going on in your spiritual journey, anything with your walk with God. But you could go and bring the situation before them and say, hey, I, I have seen my fault in this, and I want to go to them and just seek their counsel about it. Um, this is a, you know, I'm about to be 40, um, so I'm supposed to be more mature than, you know, other people, I guess, because I'm older in my faith and stuff. But this is something recently that happened to me and my wife. This is what kind of resonated with me about this passage as well was um, my wife, I was really encouraging her to go to one of our neighbors. Um, there was a situation where my son said, my parents won't let, let you babysit me. Um, we had never told our son that, but he just said that to try to 
kind of put pressure on us or something. I don't know. This was like a year or so ago. All right. Uh, I'm, being, I'm being vulnerable with you about the story here. So, um, Well, our neighbor started kind of being like cold towards us. And we'd always talk to her like, what's going on? What's going on? Like nothing, nothing. But never would engage with us. Well, finally, I just went over one night. I was like, something's going on. I went over and, and that came out after like a year. Well, Judah said this or whatever. And I was like, we never said that. Like, Judah's, he was eight. He's a kid. He just, um, I'm so sorry, you know, that you felt this way, whatever. Well, my wife um, felt very hurt that this person for a year wouldn't bring that to the surface, and we didn't know what was going on. So my wife wrote her a letter, said, hey, I'm so sorry you felt this way, and, and the person never responded to the letter to my wife. So I'm like, well, the biblical model is forgiveness, work it out, you know, go. I'm like, babe, you're going over there, and we're going to talk to her. Oh. This is a great husband. I don't talk to my wife that way. Um, but hopefully. Anyway. I am the greater sinner. All right. Well, it all comes ahead one day because my wife is outside. We're getting ready to go somewhere. I think maybe Annie or one of our new staff was in town. And the neighbor's out there. And Jessica decides to come over. And this neighbor says, hey, come with me for a second. I want to talk to you. And then she just unloads on my wife all this stuff that was super hurtful and awkward about things that have been going on in her life this year. And this person was just not a healthy person. And I was so bent on, okay, the principle of, man, I need to, we got to work this out now, blah, 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 you know. But there was a wisdom I missed. And like, you know what? It was not the right timing with this person, and this person is unhealthy. And my wife was really hurt by it. And I, I was very taken, discouraged, like, man, I didn't protect my wife. And so I, I think what I'm trying to say is that that's the kind of principle here with this, this last warning with Jesus is kind of an example for you. Where my wife sought counsel from other people, and they said, yeah, she's not an unhealthy person. <laughs> And I trumped that because I was like, well, they don't know this is, you know, blah, blah. And they were right and I was wrong. Um, so that's a, that's a very unique, that's not the normal, um, but I, that's not the, what I'd say is the normal situation when you're working through conflict. But I didn't want to not touch that verse. I didn't want to explain that to you because that's probably going to happen to you in life as well. And so I would just say, and, and I wanted to heighten the idea of, man, you should be developing relationships with people who walk with God for a lot longer than you that can, you can go to in these kind of moments in life and ask questions. Not just about conflict, but about all kinds of things. And unfortunately, they won't seek you. I wish when you went into a church, people just showed up and said, hey, I'd love to get coffee with you and hear your story. And I'd love to just, and, and they were 20 years older than you, and you're like, this is crazy, this is cool. That's probably not going to be your story. Maybe. I hope so. You might have to actually be the initiator of that. But I would just say it's worth it. Um, that's a little another side note. So, so just review. There will be conflict. Man, your role in the conflict is to humble yourself, examine yourself. And then in wisdom and counsel, man, in the right timing, seek to move towards that person for restoration. Um, and now that, I would say that can happen in your life with your friends, like in a two-hour period, all right? I'm not saying it has to be a drawn-out, like over the next year, should I, see, should I seek to work out this friendship? You know, they, blah, 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 you know. I gave an extreme example because I wanted you to understand that text there, I think. But, but in general, almost every day there may be moments where this can happen over a shorter period of time. Where you get in an argument with your roommate, or you get in an argument with your fiance, or you get in an argument with your best friend, you know, and there's tension. And there's you, you, what often happens in our culture, we just kind of move on to new friendships because it's just that's awkward. Someone was also talking with earlier, it's like it's just so uncomfortable to work through conflict. It's awkward, right? 
But in reality, the gospel frees us to do that very thing. To move towards one another and work through the conflict. To be willing to own our part in it. Because the relationship is that valuable. All right. So, I'm going to give you five. So, that's kind of the passage. I want to give you a few thoughts, just other kind of thoughts to leave with you for your own journey in relational wisdom. And these are going to be kind of just my, these are going to come from my experience. Some of my top things in life experience. And I'd say the first thing I would encourage you, if you want to, if you're someone who struggles with conflict, and there's two types, you either struggle like some reason, I'm always seeming to end up in a lot of conflict with other people. I don't know why. I, besides me. Okay, you're that person. Or you're the other person where you're never in any conflict because you so fear people. You just live to please everyone around you, so you never have conflict, right? Uh, and so you have all these false, they're really just false relationships. Ugh, that must suck. I, I, and I'm this person. I'm really struggling with this one. Or I just um, kind of don't ever offend or talk about anything too difficult because I want to keep this false sense of peace with people. Uh, but it's not real, and we, we don't want that really. We want authentic relationships. So I would say, one, one thing I am continuing to learn, let me say all these like that, is when you're in conflict, the first, I would say, seek to understand the other person. In James 1.19, and this is a passage that I think I would encourage you to memorize, is to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. When you're in relationships with folks and conflict arises, what often happens is our anger rises, or we, our emotions get the best of us, and we lack the ability just to actually just to seek to understand. Hey, what? Hold on. What just happened? Why did, why did you just get so upset with me? I'm not meaning that in a trite way. I really don't understand what just happened in this moment. Right? To seek to understand what's going on in that person. To be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And that will help you in growing and dealing with conflict. Number two, I would say, man, we should pray about it. We should pray about those times and when we're going through something with someone, really bring it to God. You know, Philippians 4, 6, I mean, we should be bringing everything to the Lord in prayer and supplication. He's our Father who loves us, and when you're going through something, He wants to hear your heart. He wants to hear the struggle. And I would say oftentimes we go to a friend first or that will validate us, right? They're, we're maybe we're closer with them than the other person is or something. You know? And I would just encourage you to go to God first and go before the Lord and pray about it with him, talk to him, express what's going on. Um, third, I'll just remind you that, man, um, conflict is not a bad thing. Me and my wife do premarital counseling um, over the years, and we talk about conflict every time because we, call, we talk about communication, and we talk about conflict in light of communication. Um, and, you know, I come from a divorced home. My mom left when I was nine, and I hate conflict. I, I try to avoid it, I'd say. I'd say. But... Since I've been walking with Jesus, the, the way I avoided it when I was a young Christian to now, I've grown in appreciating it. and not. I still avoid it with my wife at times, usually because it's 1030 and I just want to go to bed. I was like, hmm, how can I avoid this conflict tonight? Um, as your parents would say, don't do it as I do, do as I say. Maybe that's probably not good right now. Anyway, but I would say... Um, Conflict is good. This is why. What if you begin to view conflict as, as an identifier of something you need to address in your relationship? Instead of conflict being, oh no, I've done something wrong, I've messed this up, or 
Or it, so some of you more go that way, right? You don't go to if they just blah blah. You more like self-deprecate when there's conflict. Oh, that's really my fault. I shouldn't have said that, or you know, I, I should just let that go. It's not that big of a deal. Well, no, maybe you shouldn't let it go. Maybe it was really good that you brought that up. And I would just say, let conflict be an identifier of something going on in your relationship that you need to talk about, that you need to address, that you need to, and in, a, in an authentic, healthy relationship, maybe not in the moment, you may be, may be too much emotion involved in the moment, but you should be able to come back at some point and talk about it. Um, so conflict is not bad, but it actually gives us an opportunity to grow and you get to grow in humility because you got to examine yourself and you get to grow in love. You get to grow in like forgiveness. I, you know what? They did sin against me. They did hurt me, but I've got to, I'm going to forgive them. This relationship is very valuable to me. And as God has forgiven me in the gospel, I can so in turn forgive them. Um, and then fourth, you know, conflict should aim, as, you're, as you move towards addressing conflict, the aim should be restoration. It should be, man, I, I'm willing to move towards this person because I, I want to seek restoration with them. And that's such a great expression of love. And then lastly, um, going on to uh, proactive, you know, if you and I had the mentality of I'm living my life, like we heard this morning, you know, my life's not my own. I'm living for Christ and the gospel. Man, how does that radically affect our relationships that we thought about life a lot of how can I consider others and stir them up towards love and good deeds? Like um, Hebrews 10, 24 says. Or Philippians 2, how can I take on the mind of Christ where I consider other people's needs greater than my own. Um, just going on the proactive of, of developing authentic relationships is letting the love of God so fill you that you can really express love to others without needing them to, to be this contractual type relationship that I'll do this if you do that. No, I just will love you. I will serve you. Um, all right. I hope that's a lot of good. One, maybe surface some things in you that you may be like, I don't know if I agree with that. I want to go get in God's word. I, I hope you do. That fires me up. Uh, I hope you don't build your life on what I say up here, but you build your life on the word of God. But I hope also maybe it stirred up some thoughts. You know, man, I, I think I have a negative view of conflict. Or I think I'm a person who actually causes a lot of conflict. I think it's worth you looking and examining. Why is that? So i got some questions for you to think about. Then we'll stop. And then actually, if we, I think I've got my alarm to go off to be a, oh, one minute. Let me go quick so y'all can ask questions if you want to. One, do you have a relationship like this where friends that will confront you at times with humility, when they see that you're kind of like not living in line with who you really are as God's children. You know, we all, you know, repentance is the Christian life. We're always again and again repenting, saying, Lord, forgive me. My life is not in line with who I am in Christ. And we repent. And we continue to walk and follow Christ. Well, sometimes we need a brother or sister to kind of be that person and say, hey, you know, something's going on. Like, your decisions here, what's going on with that? Not in prideful way, but in a humble way that you know they love you, do you have those kind of friendships? Or are you that kind of friend? It's uncomfortable to be that kind of friend. It's unco and, and listen, is, is the community you're a part of, is that growing and developing among your community? What if you lived in a world where it was just normal to talk about your struggles and to Bring it up to a friend and then remind you of what's true about you and remind you of what, why you, that, that is a lesser thing than the glory of knowing God. And you could talk about those things and pray together and that would be normal. 
why is it so uncomfortable for us to just be honest and, to and address one another like that? Man, I hope you all have those kind of friends and you are those kind of friends to others. Um, I, uh, last, uh, another question. Are you the kind of person who brings peace to the people around you? Or are you the kind of person who brings strife? Right? If, if it's peace, I would just say, if it's peace because you, you're so in fear of man that you just, like, you just never want to say anything hard to anyone or difficult, then uh, you need to repent to God. And, you know, think about this. Um, if, you know, to keep seeking a false sense of peace because of fear of people, it's, it's hindering you and having the, the authentic relationships you long for. But good news. <laughs> Jesus died to free you from that. He died to free you from a life of fear and fill you, fill your life with loving, authentic relationships. That's what the church is meant to be for us. A, a life full of other believers. Authentic relationships where we love and edify and build one another up. If you're a person of strife, is it because you come to people with a spirit of pride and therefore causes problems? If you're a self-righteous person or if you're an arrogant person, um, those are usually the reasons why you have a lot of strife in your relationships. That You need to think more about that idea of, man, how can I look at my own issues first and approach people in a spirit of humility not of pride when I'm talking about things a, spirit, a, a posture of I've got things to learn from this person instead of I've got things to teach this person or say to this person um, and then another person who could cause strife is a, or a spirit of pride could be the person who's insecure and they just seek to put others down they, they're so insecure they, they, the reason they cause strife is they constantly are just pointing other people's issues out because they haven't really dealt with their own insecurity issues. They, and and they, hey, guess what? There's good news. Jesus came to free us from that, to free us from insecurity, to say, I want to be your father who will love you, and I see you fully for who you are, and my son went to the cross to make you mine. Hey, I want to walk with you. I want to help you understand what it means to be my child. Jesus moved toward us to deal with maybe the struggle with strife that we might have authentic relationships with others. So I hope that gives you some good thoughts and helped. The idea of, man, there is going to be conflict, but conflict um, isn't necessarily bad, but it's a means of helping us really develop authentic relationships in light of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what he has done to restore his peace with God and one another. Um, so I've got 4.15, and I was going to try to see if I take a few questions. I may defer in light of I don't know the answer. Um, but, or I may let crowd participation help one another. So any big questions or thoughts from all that? Someone want to raise your hand and ask? Yeah, stand up. Yeah, just, uh, well, thanks for sharing, you know, being vulnerable with this story in your neighbor. So, just wondering, maybe it's a case-by-case -case, uh, situation with people, but, you know, I'm assuming that you haven't moved, or they haven't moved. Right. still around them. Uh, so, just to know, like, still moving forward, you don't want to give them your girls. You know, right. Idea, but, still just being in the same space as those people, you know, Maybe it's getting distance or just praying for them, but like just when you can't completely escape that relationship. Right. Um, is there any sort of applications? Yeah, I'll just share with that situation. Oh, there's my timer. Uh, with that situation, um, there's an amenable relationship with her now. Like, but we're never going to be like able to. Like, she's still that person, and God's at work, you know. We're not the primary means of God's work in her life. She's been a great neighbor. But it helped us understand, okay, she's not at a healthy place that when she gets offended easily by something, it's not us. And that helps us to say, we're going to still love her. But we felt a little bit like, man, we really care and love her. And we were hurt that she might feel hurt. 
But we learned that actually she's going through a lot and she's just going to be a hurt person no matter what we do. Well, that helped us say, I want to, does that make sense? Like, um, now, so like, I, we took her a Christmas card. Like, I take her trash through it, like, whenever, once a week. But there's just, it is what it is in light of, um, it just helps us better know, okay, we didn't offend her. She has got some wounds that are beyond what our relationship. And that helped us to love her in a way that was not um, maybe just selfish, maybe in a way. <laughs> we were kind of like, oh my gosh, we offended you. And it kind of became maybe about that versus, no, she's, doing, she's really hurting. And I, I just need to be understanding of that. But it'll, our relationship won't be like I thought it might be, if that makes sense. And it is very situational. You know, I do share that because of the text. Um, and I do think you're going to experience that. Or maybe you already have. Um, and I think there, there, there is a press. Uh, I don't, I'm not educated enough to know what that word is. Uh, precipice. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Um, for seeking forgiveness, uh, reconciliation through forgiving someone. Or going to that person. But I think we just learned that, man, I probably, my wife had already talked to several people, and they counseled her not to at this point. I should have listened to my wife. Um, or, but I, the, the principle that came out is, man, you should have those mentors you can talk to. My wife did. She had two older women that walked with Jesus that she had gone to when this situation arose. So that was just that relational wisdom she had to seek counsel about a situation I should have listened to her. So maybe it's more addressed for my issue. Than, uh, so. It's a good question. Other questions? Sweet. Well, if you have one you don't want to ask the other group, feel free to come up. Thanks for being here. I'm going to pray, and we guys can get out and go take a nap or something. So, Father, thank you so much for this time with these um, just amazing people. Um, God, I pray that you would, I pray that they was helpful, um, and I pray that, God, they would be a, a people who, in light of the gospel, move towards others to seek reconciliation, and don't, don't run for hard, from hard things in relationship, Lord, when they happen, and be humble people, God, be willing to first examine, man, why is this conflict arising in their own hearts and minds? Thank you for Jesus. Thank you so much for your teaching. Um, thank you for your example of you humbled yourself uh, and pursued us. We were rebels against you, God. And you humbled yourself and came down and were made sin for us that we might become the righteous of God in you. You restored our relationship. Um, God, let us be a people like this. It's in Christ's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at conyc.com.